0: Hello and welcome to the RevX Podcast. This is episode 19 and it is our regular uh, spoken word show. And uh, we're gonna play some performances from our former regular event called Spoken Word Brunch that we did regularly at The Pinch. Um, we recorded a couple of the shows. Some of the audio was bad so we don't have everybody that performed but I'm gonna play a couple of performances from our last two um, shows, and we'll have another episode with some more of those, but we didn't get everybody recorded that we liked like to. So after those two episodes air, we'll do some additional episodes with some people coming to the studio and actually recording some, um, some works to continue the show. So um, let's get started with that. And uh, first up, we're gonna have a little bit of uh, stuff from Samara. She did these at uh, a spoken word brunch that she hosted. So um, that's our first performer.
1: I will get us started with a few tweets that I've written in Haiku. I have a Twitter account, it's at Samara Haiku. It's very funny if I ever actually write in it. These are select tweets about jury duty. First one, 30th January, 2017. Had to report for jury duty this morning and I still haven't been called. Hello. Next one. Here since 10.30, in the juror's lounge, TV, playing CNN. OMG, so bored. Wish I brought my laptop. Still, 10 minutes to lunch. Excused for lunch, yes. Good news slash bad news, too many food choices to pick. I really like purple. It's my favorite color. You? I'm curious. And then there was a break for lunch. Um, Ugh, this is torture, having to listen to Spicer defending the EOs. But on the bright side, the entire jury's lounge agrees with my thoughts. So many eyes rolled, so many heads shaking. We all hate this guy. That was, I think, when Sean Spicer was being a dick. Um, And then the end, being dismissed now that was such a glorious waste of my monday
0: all right next up we're going to have brandon douglas who hosted the spoken word brunch previous before the one that samara just performed in so here are a couple of pieces for brandon from that show
2: Uh, i learned to love myself at an early age i was excited Those magazine pictures made me want to do things that I was too young to know that I wasn't ready for. But my hormones were way too charismatic to resist. So one day, I made a fortress out of the bathroom. Nothing was going to stop me from loving myself. I had no idea what I was supposed to do. No one ever talked about it. Not in a way that wasn't a joke. Not in a way that stamped approval, despite how I may be seen if people discover the truth. I love myself that one day. Then again the next. And the next. And again for the next 362 days. I love me hard. I learned so many names and new places to help me love myself however after loving myself for so long, love eventually felt empty. And I felt stupid for depending on it. I wish that I didn't have to love myself, but I had no one else. And since no one offered me a hand, I offered it to myself. Uh, I almost killed a boy yesterday <laughs> because he was in my way. He first appeared behind me, but he was still an obstacle, trying to get me for what I got. But all I had was somewhere to be at 45 cents. I let him have the latter because the first was non-negotiable. I dared him to push his luck so I could show him that me going home was more important than his struggle or his pride or mine. I've come too far in the process of learning to love, to let hate grab me by my backpack. You got me fucked up. I think he sensed fear. But it was because I was so angry, I was afraid of myself. We had no idea about the fire I harbored in my knuckles. I felt God put his trust in my fist to cast out this evil. I almost killed a boy yesterday. And even though I loved him like he was my own brother if given the chance, he was in my way. Little does he know that I was almost him. I thank God for almost, he should too.
0: right, next up is me, uh, Professor X. I'm gonna do a couple of pieces here. A couple of them are songs, a couple of them poems. Uh, Check these out. All right,
3: this one is called, I Will Go Quietly. I will go quietly. I will not stand up against authority. I will not rebel. I will fear the hell you sell. I will keep consuming. In ways that maintain your power, I'll keep assuming. I will believe the media. I will regress to the median. I will work longer hours for less pay. I won't take action. I'll stay home and pray. I will accept higher prices in exchange for weaker services and lower quality goods. I will let them divide us into segregated neighborhoods. I will be brainwashed by Madison Avenue. I will risk my life for a pair of basketball shoes. I will not protest. I will eat bad food and die of cardiac arrest. I will rally round the flag. I will be satisfied that you allowed me to take a doggy bag. I will fight your wars. I will, stop, I will shop at a never-ending series of identical stores. I will ignore homelessness, poverty, and starvation. I will be thankful for one week of paid vacation. I will accept corruption. I will stay quiet when your wants cause my needs a disruption. I will suppress my personality to fit your expectations. I will cede authority to the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I will not stand up for what I know is right. I will buy whatever I'm sold. I will do whatever I'm told. I will buy my wife your blood diamond. I will ignore what you're doing to the climate. I will drink your union-busting beer. I will live in constant fear. I will make sure to get up early and never be late. I will hate who you tell me to hate. I will keep up with the Joneses. I will help you bury the boneses. I will go ahead and pay that extra fee. I will cheer for the death of people who never wronged me. I will buy home team colored baseball caps. For you, I will race the rats. I will cheer for the stock exchange. I will believe I cannot make a change. I will stay asleep. I will be a good American sheep. I will accept being governed by a rich minority. I will go quietly. This one's called, Whoa, and
0: there's no way I'm going to keep up with it, but...
3: This shit will make you drop your packs and blocks and get on your fox socks. You're going to walk to stop me because of the way that I talk. This shit's got no squawk or schlock. It's like Spock rock. I got a lot of jocks to mock, bad cops to knock. Peeps are going to flock to gawk at the lyrical hawk. You'll be in a headlock dead like you got in in the wrong wedlock. Don't know why you thought I forgot how to create a sonic after shot. This isn't ad hoc or a crop. Got it locked up like a Ziploc. i balk at bad lyrics like soldiers in a rock with a shell shock. I'll walk you down the crosswalk or catwalk. I'll make your bed rock. I'll take you on a spacewalk. Get around any landlock or roadblock. Take down Doc Ock or Kelly. Crop, keep clone without a drop off. Even if your block is chock full of livestock, you can trade in some box stops at the stopping shop. At your time lock speed, kill yourself with hemlock. I'm the warlock of words, the Rupert Murdoch of nerds. Lyrical lawyer like Perry Mason or Matlock. You'll be hiding the tunnels like a morlock. I'm too original to get any play on K Rock. If you're the last to hear it, you'll be a laughing stock. It'll get you wired like electroshock. If it gets it gets kind of offensive, like when you say Shylock. But I'm revealing some truths, like Morgan Spurlock. I'm thinking up secrets, like my name was Sherlock. Dropping new ideas, like John Locke. Making you bump along, like Ad Rock or Tupac. That's got you, got you showing out, shamrocks like Maybach and Reebok. Rhymes hard for you to say, like Vladivostok This shit won't happen. This shit won't disappoint, like Hancock. I'm murdering shit, like Hitchcock. After this album, you'll be celebrating like Ewoks, grooving and moving like hippies and Woodstock. Because I know what I speak, and I speak what I know. I flow what I rhyme, and I rhyme what I flow. I show what I learn, and I learn what I show. I blow, I go, I grow, I grow, I throw. Whoa. That part always will yeah. <laughs> So go get two sticks of Twix to fix your verbal takes and like a cough flipped by Vicks. Or a pit bull ripped by Michael Vick. Rex ain't that kind of sick. Join my clique. Stick with me and my chicks. Get your kicks. Get some pics and get some clicks. We ain't going to the clubs with the strips and the tips. We ain't sailing on ships or having fits. We'll skip those trips, drop those drips, make sure not to dip into those pits. Quick, let's inflict the conflict like it's divided demographics. I predict the images I depict will transfix, transfix. Bring you bliss like fish and chips. Silly rabbit, these tricks are for kids. Like New York Knicks are for fan. Like the River sticks is for dead bands. Dicks and pricks and redneck hits will try to deep six and knicks my knicks. But my clips are Gladys Knight to your pips. My, ima- my images are so graphic, your braggadocio dips. If you're ignorant, my flow is hieroglyphics. You can't understand my specifics. This ain't no gimmick, but you will mimic my mosaic heroics. That will smash the cynics, boost the addicts, addict the convicts, make them p- take trips to the Pacific to stay out of the bricks and hear my flicks and hits. It'll get you happy like Macklemore thrifts or schoolboy Q splits. This disc of riffs is brisk. Audio gifts that only wrist to eclipse or wish to only talk about. Whips and thicks, chicks, tucks and nips, lips to kiss, hips to miss, clocks to grips, fifth to sip, sip, scripts to pick. This shit ain't weak like stopping, frisk. This shit is the ish. It won't make you say tiss, tiss like an absentee saying Nick. Because I know what I speak and I speak what I know. I blow what I rhyme and I rhyme what I flow. I show what I learn and I learn what to show. I blow, I glow, I grow, I glow, I throw, I woe. Oh, you ain't through? You ain't bored? You want more? If more woe is what you want, I'll give you verse 3 or 4. It's no chore I can roar like a dinosaur until my throat is sore. I can soar like a Norse god named Thor. Go banfin teleport. I swear I'd escape your corpse before you make me snore anymore. Your shit, you rhyme your... Like your shit is written in a code called Morse. Here's the score. You I abhor, I deplore, I ignore. I don't need anyone to help me score, I'm my own mentor. Running this shit like a Michael's named Lorne. I'm pouring hot shit like Dior, a dolly called Salvador. It's a twenty-four hours a day cold war between my lore, and your deplorable your Igor. Or is it Igor? Your dialogue is worse than corn. You're outscored before you even launch your war. Your verbal colors are bad. You make me want to say I adore Mia more. That's a nineties reference for your ass right there. I'll shout out never. Evermore, like a funeral for Lenore. Judge your shit like Sonia Sotomayor. No esprit de At least one of us ain't a perdidor, señor. Let me underscore with scorn. It ain't you, Paramore. Therefore, let me restore the report with the heretofore master everybody asked for. I got girls like Gilmore. They all say, free me, Seymour.
2: Gonna be filling up dance floors as
3: big as the Fillmore. Backing up doors like John Densmore. Making references diverse as Bjork and Jim Thorpe. Doing intellectual parkour. I'm like a time-warp dork. I can see more shit than. Jordan LaForge. My rhymes leave you in the metaphorical morgue. Friends mourn. I got truth galore. Inconvenient for you like Al Gore. I'm hardcore. I'm New York and you're Zsa Zsa Gabor. I'm on the run like Jason Bourne hiding in the Azores. Like a toxic event you're airborne. I'm telling you the awful truth sicko like Michael Moore. I know it'll leave you still born and forlorn. Of course the force of this source that tells you me like a horse. Because I know what I speak, and I speak what I know. I flow what I rhyme, and I rhyme what I flow. I show what I learn, and I learn what to show. I blow, I go, I blow, I grow, I throw. Whoa!
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to do uh, something a little, um, now I thought it was just going <laughs> already. No, that one's not ready. Um... Oh, here's a one. okay. This what's called American Dreams. Like the third or fourth we ever wrote back in like 20, 2009, 2010, something like that. You can just
3: do it. You know I'm loving it. You can just hurt it. You know I'm stabbing it. A diamond is forever. A little devil do it. A little dab will do ya. Armor piercing bullets will run right through ya. Have it your way, home of the whopper. Get your batteries topped with the copper to keep going and going and in, going and going. A keep blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing. In. It takes a licking, it keeps on ticking. Keep on fighting, keep on kicking. Melts in your mouth, not in your hands. Kill the enemy like you're playing rock band. Raid kills bugs dead. Knives kill kids dead guns kill men dead bombs kill countries dead this is what you're dreaming of this is what you want to do this is what you gotta do this is what they tell you to this is what they make you do ge we bring good things to life, but not today. Hide your kids, hide your wife. Bounty towels, the quicker picker-upper, laser-guided bunker buster. Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. Silly rabbit, a kicks are for kids. Silly rabbit, claymores are for kids. Silly rabbit, it's all for the kids. Think outside the bun, think inside the gun. Give a hoot, don't pollute. You surrender, I'm still gonna shoot. What would you do for a Klondike bar? What would you do for a brand new car? What would you do for a Mac 10? What would you do to make sure that you win? This is what you're dreaming of. This is what you want to do. This is what you got to do. This is what they tell you to. This is what they make you do. Taste great, less filling, more death, more killing. It's Miller time, it's killer time. Obey your thirst, do your worst. Got it. milk, snap, crackle, pop, white phosphorus, good, to the last drop. Be all that you can be, burn, all that you can see, to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. 200 dead kids laying on the ground rough shots from my big bad gun. Bet you can't eat, just one. Bet you can't shoot, just one. Bet you can't kill, just one. That you can't drop just one bomb. This is what you're dreaming of. This is what you want to do. This is what you gotta do. This is what they tell you to. This is what they make you do. This is what they make you do.
0: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna do one more here. Uh, this one. All right, this one is called The Answer.
3: The answer to all your questions can be found in the lessons that you'll learn when you listen to the Rex. I'm not just here to flex. I've gathered a lot of facts over the years, and I just want you to lend me your ears. I just want you to move your feet. I just want you to groove to this Apollo Brown beat. While well, I give some answers to you dancers while we're suffering from an overabundance of brain cancers. Not little, more like illiterate, materialistic, liberally eating sugary cereal with no vitamins and minerals. The pitiful, trivial, miserable, apolitically hypocritical, fictional middle. I'm not talking about fairy tales and lifting veils. Giving you warnings about the things you should be aware of. The real things you should be in fear of, scared of. You need to know who is making money off of you. It's the people who consume the lobster fondue while you eat turkey stew. It's the trips to Peru while you struggle to buy a shampoo. It's a home with the Pacific view while your rent is long overdue. It's hanging with kangaroos while you crazy glue your running shoes. It's Kathmandu and Timbuktu while you visit the city zoo. It's the boys in blue deja vu and the dirty things they do. It's wham and bam, but ma'am, no thank you. It's Bentley's and Maybox while you're writing IOUs. It's Dolce & Gabbana while you're listening to Blink-182. It's Swimming with shampoo while you're frightened about the bird flu. You need to ask yourself, who benefits off my labor? Who wins when I can't choose my own neighbors? Who is victorious when I put down my own saber? Who gets rich when I'm not a hater and I buy your fable? Who blows up every time the government promotes another free trader? Who was the one propping up all those third world dictators? Who succeeds off the fiction that the rich are the only job creators? Who is the champion when I myself am a traitor? You need to ask more questions. Ask me, ask yourself, ask whoever you can. They don't want to give you answers, but don't take note for an answer.
0: All right, I'm done. Okay, our last performer for this episode is going to be Sandy Giver, and she is going to read an excerpt from her book. If you haven't um, purchased the book at the end, um, of the performance uh, Samara will announce the uh, different avenues which you can obtain the book of course you can just buy it directly from Sandy that's the best way to do it but if you don't have the time to make it up to Baltimore don't see it or something you can check it out um, with details at the end of this uh, performance
1: Sandy Gibber <laughs> Take your time Also, the mic is, is adjustable. It's not just me. You need
4: push it back. I think you don't even need a chair. <laughs> I know. So I think I, I think I actually might need it slightly further back, just for for reading purposes oh, okay. and okay. lighting. Also- that's
1: okay. <laughs> come
4: up the lighting. Come up the lighting. <laughs> Thank you so much for everyone coming. This is definitely my first time. Who else is this their first time being here? First time being uh, here? Your first time? What's your name? Brenda, Brenda?
1: Brenda, yes. Brenda, nice to
4: meet you. I'm Sandy. Um, welcome, welcome. So, as Samara said, I wrote a book. It's called One of Us, and it's about the complexities of sexual assault and the challenges of seeking legal justice. Just to forewarn you, might be slightly triggering. Um, if you need to go, go, but I'm also a social worker, so if you want to talk afterwards, there's RAIN.org. There's all of those different things. But for today, I'm just going to read you my first chapter. And just a little bit of background. I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Uganda, so this is about my time there. In the first chapter of One of Us, Sex, Violence, and Justice, Resilience, Love, Hope, it is called Come on, let's go already. If we don't go now, we are never going to leave. This will take a little bit of time, so just settle in and get ready. 6.30 p.m., Friday, November 5th, 2010, Kampala, Uganda. I live in an African village called Padere. I used to live in a thatch roof hut where I bathed under the stars and peed in a latrine, a cement slab with an oval opening over a deep hole in the ground. Now, I live in a compound with a living room, cooking area, bedroom, and a bathroom. No running water, but I heat up water before taking a bucket bath, stand in a basin like a giant Tupperware, and pour water over my head. Then, dump the gray wastewater into the toilet to flush. Compared to a pit latrine, this is pretty spectacular. I've been in Uganda since August 2009 as a youth development health specialist, as a Peace Corps volunteer, a PCV. I love it. My partner organization is a girls' school for formerly abducted child soldiers and sex slaves, child mothers, orphans, and vulnerable children due to the 21 plus years of insurgency called or caused by the Lord's Resistance Army. Yes, it was intense. Thankfully, the official language at the school is English, although there are 60 plus languages in Uganda. The cultural differences can be tough, but I want like to think I'm strong enough to take on a good old fashioned challenge. But enough of the challenge. This weekend, I am out of the village of Prader and headed to the big city to relax. The mid-service training at the one-year point of being in country as a volunteer is here. Time to join other PCDs in solidarity. I traveled to Kampala a few days before the training to see people I hadn't seen in a long time. I hugged my fellow PCD Bridget, which her name and most of the people in here have actually, their names have been changed, when I saw her for the first time in two months. This is the first time we have had to spend quality time together in seven months. We decide on Indian for dinner at the restaurant with outdoor seating on the roof. The greenery and the Ugandan sunset soften the fact that my friend is not ecstatic about being back after a month spent with her family in the United States. Sandy, don't go to the States. You are surrounded by friends and family who love you and don't judge you. Coming back to country is hard, she says. Bridget and I were first roommates at staging in the States. Staging is a day or two of orientation before being sent to your country of service. Since then, we've traveled this volunteer journey together. During training, we supported each other every day as we learned to survive in a new country, without electricity or running water. Once we were sworn in as official volunteers and had moved to our different sites, We had to learn to cope with isolation while trying to figure out what values we would bring to our new communities. Personally, I love being a volunteer in a remote village. I enjoy learning and experiencing a culture unlike my own. Having to figure out the complexities of working in Africa is frustrating at times, yet rewarding and fulfilling at others. I have been extremely busy with a few projects in the works that help students deal with the psychosocial effects of living in a post-conflict area as well as an income-generating activity, utilizing international partners and the local economy for financial sustainability. I'm well immersed in my community, and I like being here. Over a glass of wine, we chat about Bridget's sister's wedding, village life, and Peace Corps drama. At this point in service, I want to be around others, and I need to converse easily about things only fellow Americans would understand. I was glad fellow PCBs were in Kampala, since I did not feel like spending the night at the hostel alone. Bridget and I have had our ups and downs, like many friendships. Living far apart rather than being able to quickly go to brunch to talk things out made friendships a little more difficult. Large group gatherings help us reconnect with the others in our small, forced Peace Corps community. Bridget and I continue our conversation as we leave dinner. The sky is dark but clear as we walk 20 minutes back to our hostel. Our hostel is a favorite of volunteers. Occasionally, volunteers would come into Kampala to take care of medical needs or other business. Out of the hundred and fifty volunteers in country, a small handful are typically around to take advantage of the nightlife and entertainment. Bridget and I are tired after long journeys over rough roads. I'd taken an overnight bus and gotten four hours of sleep the night before. Neither of us have the energy to go out all out. So we decided to go watch a movie inside our room. And that is until we stop at Gwen and Crystal's room to say hello. Gwen and Crystal are two more volunteers in our training group of 43. During training, I wasn't close to either of them, but we were friendly in social situations. I liked Gwen's carefree attitude and she always knew how to have fun. Crystal and I, we both grew up in Alaska, but that's all I really knew about her. At first, Bridget and I lethargically sit on one of the beds, helping Crystal choose which outfit to wear. Somehow, between Bridget's embassy friends calling and the other two individuals in the room, we decide to push through the fatigue and take on the night. Flatirons are heated and makeup is applied. When living in a village where a bucket is used for bathing, looking cute is the least of your concerns. Kampala, land of hot running water and feeling clean, reminds us of life before the Peace Corps. After washing up and looking halfway like we did on a ladies' night in the States, we are confident women. We take a few photos as we finish putting on lip gloss. Since I know we will be dancing, I choose not to wear my glasses for the night. They have grown loose and fall off any time I turn my head too quickly. I can see perfectly fine up close and won't be wandering around without the others, so I think nothing of it. I don't want my phone stolen, again and the other three are bringing theirs, so I leave mine in the room. I place my glasses and phone next to the bed where I know they will be safe when I return. I stick some cash in the side of my bra and leave everything else at the hostel. We finally leave just before 11 p.m. after Gwen kept saying, if we don't go now, we're never going to leave. While riding in a taxi to a nightclub, we sing, lean on me, by Bill Withers at the top of our lungs. I sing as loud and off-key as I can to make the ride as ridiculous as possible. Although Africa has a stereotypical village life, with thatch roof huts and toddlers running around naked, the continent is full of cultural and economic diversity. There is money in Africa, but just a few people control these financial resources. People own mansions with swimming pools on hills with a staff to clean and secure the grounds. Uganda has a lot to offer tourists, including gorilla trek excursions, rafting the Nile, and safaris. The country is so beautiful and easy to live in that I have met Europeans who retired next to resorts in Jinja near the source of the Nile. $15 cocktail drinks at fancy clubs in America are maybe five bucks, and at far more impressive locations. In Uganda, the average American can live like royalty. Tonight, we are enjoying the nightlife that Uganda has to offer. Our first stop is Iguana, known as the young, hip place to dance in Kampala, which is owned and run by Germans. There are quite a few German 18 to 20-year-olds doing their one year of service here, either volunteering at orphanages or helping with small business plans. As the night continues, the place gets packed with expats and locals. Our group of four chats with Bridget's embassy friends. One of the guys buys us a round of drinks. I haven't planned on drinking since tomorrow night we are celebrating Laura's birthday, another PCV. I tend to get horrible hangovers, so I don't actually drink that often. I accept the beer the embassy guy buys, but resolve not to drink anymore. After a couple of hours, I am happy to leave Iguana. The drunken crowd is growing, and men's hands are wandering. We walk 10 minutes down the hill, rushing past the security guards, and down the stairs to the expat land of the Irish pub of Bubbles O'Leary. The usual types of people are present the six-year-old man with a beautiful 20 year old Ugandan woman wrapped in his arms random businessmen and women and a few regulars watching rugby while scoping out the place the other three order drinks and I get a fan to pop we dance and dance Crystal goes crazy with certain songs when certain songs are played stomping her foot and pumping her fist she is hilarious I glance to my right toward the bar and see a guy resembling, resembling an X, tall, blonde, and handsome. My desire for international work made it impossible to commit to a man who was unable to live overseas due to a health issue. Handsome, who is named Nate, and Friend walk onto the dance floor behind us. Friend, with his muscular physique, has a chest tattoo peeking out of his button-up shirt. I find the stories behind tattoo placement and design intriguing. We talk but the loud music makes it difficult. I like my tattoos because they look good on me, Dominic says egotistically. Conversation is lost as the song changes and the four ladies regroup to dance. Bridget is flustered and irritated after an unpleasant conversation with an acquaintance. I suggest we leave and find a new place to hang out. Just as we are heading out, Nate and Dominic come over to talk. Nate is from Alabama and I can hear the South in his voice. He is a picture taker for children's social studies books Dominic is from Reynoldsburg Ohio now working in construction a couple hours north of Kampala they don't know each other well they met at the hotel they are staying at in Kampala they say they will only be around for the weekend Bridget comes over and amazingly Nate gets her to talk to him at first Bridget does her usual brush off one word answers to his questions but Nate gets her to smile, and before long, they exchange phone numbers. I let Dominic on, in on the breakthrough while watching their, fac- er, their facial expressions. Dominic seems like a decent guy. I lived in Indiana for 11 years, and he was from Ohio. It's as if we have been longtime neighbors who found each other halfway across the world. Somehow, there is a sense of familiarity and comfort talking to someone relatable. I miss home, and he can relate to the Midwest. We make small talk, chat about life in this crazy country, what work brought us here, joke about life overseas. Having a normal conversation away from the village and laughing, it feels good. We're about to leave when Gwen and Crystal invite them in to join us. Nate declines, but Dominic excitedly agrees to continue the night with four women. His demeanor becomes more of a ladies man as we leave. Meeting new people and enjoying the nightlife in Kampala is the social norm in the expat community. In the taxi, I take the front seat, the other ladies in the middle seat, and Dominic is in the very back, also known as the trunk of a hatchback car. The conversations are comical in an American way, yet rather vulgar and embarrassing as a Ugandan driver is listening in. The topic of how female Peace Corps volunteers are sexually frustrated is blurted out. I heard that there are unmet needs with the ladies in Peace Corps I don't understand, since I would totally take care of all of your bedroom needs. Aren't there guys who could take care of you? The quality guys are taken by girls back home, and the single ones are not doable, my three friends say in unison. It is interesting to hear them say that, since Gwen has an expat boyfriend from Egypt. Crystal has previously dated another volunteer during training, and Bridget has made out with the male volunteer conveniently located near her village. I could satisfy each one of your needs tonight, Dominic's responds. Driver, I am so sorry about this conversation they are having, I say. It is not good for them to be talking like this. I chat with the driver as the four of them continue to make sexual innuendos, egging Dominic on. I love Uganda, he says, smiling ear to ear as he got out of the taxi. Dominic offers to pay, but he's fidgeting with money, and the driver tries charging him more than what we had agreed on. I have exact change and hand over the proposed 15,000 Ugandan shillings, equivalent to about $7.50. Why did you pay, Dominic asks. Because you were taking too long and he was going to overcharge you, I say matter of factly. He hadn't been in country long enough to know how to work the taxi system. I also wanted him to see that I can take care of myself and didn't want to feel indebted to him in any way. Although I make a very small amount by Western standards, around $250 a month. I live well in Uganda and within my needs. We are now inside a more traditional African club when Dominic offers to buy us all drinks. Since I just paid for the taxi, requesting a bottle of water did not seem like a big deal. Once we reach the back of the club, loud music makes conversation hard to hear once again. As we stand in a circle, I'm next to Dominic and Bridget. I can't really dance, but find it humorous to play around africans can dance and move their hips as if they learned in the womb one of the more traditional african songs comes on and i jokingly dance with dominic for the first lines of the chorus after a moment i return to watching the crowd a guy comes over and starts talking nonsense i sometimes play the role of protector and caretaker i feel responsible for dominic because i initially approached him about his tattoos the others invited him to come along with us, but they are drinking and I feel a little responsible for their well-being as well. I am the sober mom of the group. Between keeping an eye on the crowd and not being able to hear over the music, I'm not paying attention to the conversation. Hey Sandy, are you a squirter? A what? A, s- a squirter, ha <laughs> ha, they say again with giggles. Two of them confidently say they are. I turn back to watching the Ugandans dance. I look back at the group a few minutes later and see Dominic's shirt is pulled up around his chest and the other three rubbing his six-pack. A few moments later, when I turn back to the group, Dominic's penis is out of his pants and Crystal has unzipped the fly of her jeans. I stand there, mouth wide open, wondering what the heck was going on. Apparently, the sexual conversations kept going and Dominic said he would do any of us right there, right then. I look around quickly, hoping no one else is seeing this ridiculous display. Before this, the night seemed mostly harmless with a slight edge to it. Now, Crystal is toying with the open zipper of her jeans, giving this badass expression and shifting her weight from hip to hip as if saying she's game to counter his own. I'm serious, he says as he pushes Crystal against the wooden support, being as if about to make good on his promise. Thankfully, they stop. Crystal zips her pants, and Dominic puts away his dick. I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and leave to find the restroom. When I find it, it's repulsive, and women are squatting in their short dresses and peeing on some sort of platform. I go back to the group. As I approach Bridget, Gwen and Crystal, they are discussing who should go home with Dominic. Hey Sandy, how long has it been since you last got off? One of them asks me point blank. Before traveling and living in India with a different organization, and then the Peace Corps in Uganda, I had purposefully chosen not to get involved with anyone I would be leaving behind. The others are amazed at how long it has been. Oh, honey, you need this the most, Bridget exclaims with pity in her voice, hand on the shoulder. I'm in a dancing mood, not a hookup mood. Because they saw me dance with Dominic for ten seconds, and now they know how long it has been, they agree I should go home with him. I decline. I decline. I personally wasn't looking for a one-night stand. They aren't my thing. We've been hanging out with Dominic, so he isn't a complete stranger. He's definitely willing and available, but that doesn't make me want to sleep with him. I can see the pity in Bridget's face as she puts her hand on my shoulder and gives me the look. The, dear, you have contracted the problem of being the least sexually active of this group of females, and we are here to help cure your dry spell. You know that look with one eyebrow angled anxiety starts to bubble inside me as i stand there utterly bewildered my gut is saying i should get out of this situation and i want to the others think it's funny as they keep badgering me to go home with him one senses how uncomfortable i am she comes over to whisper in my ear you don't have to go all the way just go make out see what happens relax and have a good night we'll see you in the morning maybe i am overreacting and taking this all too seriously. Gwen's comment has me second-guessing my own judgment, so sure, why not? The ladies head to the front of the club, leaving Dominic and me behind. I talk about how ridiculous the night has been and how random Uganda can be. Dominic inches closer. He kisses me. He puts his arms around me. He slides one hand down over my jeans to my crotch.
1: No, 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 that is not good.
4: Okay, or, or okay. In Uganda, white women get bad reputations from things like that. I remind him and gently push him away. I am tired of random men groping me. As a traveler in countries where women are seen as sex objects with inferior status, being a tall American blonde with blue eyes has not been easy. I was once wearing a top where the bottom was very loose and covered my jean pockets, and an Indian guy decided to go under the shirt from behind and grab my crotch while I was walking away. When I turned around and pulled my hand back to slap him, his friends apologized, and I settled settled with only giving him a dirty look. I should have slapped him. I'm not generally violent. In previous jobs, I've been trained to stay calm in intense situations with violent, mentally handicapped individuals. I am trained to keep my cool and show no emotion, never lashing out at a client. An eye for an eye is not usually how I play, but, but I wonder how many other times that same Indian guy had gotten away with violating other women Dominic sliding his hand down instantly reminds me of this I do not want the men in the clubs I think this is any way to treat any woman I'm not too sure about Dominic decent enough but a little intense maybe the others are still around and I can leave with them he hesitantly follows as I walk to the front of the um, to check I'm relieved to see the lady sitting at a picnic table, 10 feet from the exit. Rather than taking separate taxis, we all leave together. First stop, Dominic's hotel. Have fun, cheer the other ladies as my foot meets the pavement. "Uh, are, Are you okay, Sandy? When attempts, I only nod in response. I've been on my own since I was 19 and I've been able to manage. Dominic takes my hand as he led the way into his hotel which caters to foreigners. The main gate is closed, so we walk around the wall passing a security guard. We go through glass doors entering the large lobby. I don't quite know what to expect from the night, but you never do in Uganda. You roll with the punches and take on the challenges as they come. With Dominic, his joining the ladies night was definitely not planned, but that was okay. My last time even kissing a guy had
1: been over a year ago.
4: I would prefer to be with someone where we had a deep connection and we passionately kissed the night away. At 25 years old and single, I'll have to do with hopefully a good makeup session and nothing too complicated. I've done this before and things didn't get out of control, so I don't see why this time would be any different. We make it to the elevator and he starts to kiss me and then grabs my long hair and pulls. It is not a gentle hair grab, but rather uninhibited once out of the elevator. Dominic says he has a roommate named Todd, who should still be out. I hope Todd isn't there. I keep thinking about how awkward walking to the room is going to be. The second floor hallway never seems to end as we silently pass by doors on the right and large windows and seating on the left. The door to room one, two, three opens, and I see Todd lying on the larger bed, closer to the window, straight ahead. Dominic's bed is the twin closer to the hallway, There's a closet to the sharp left, a flat screen TV on the stand across from the beds, a large bathroom to the back left of the room, and a chair next to the windows. Go to the bathroom, he commands without hesitating. I look behind me as he closes the hotel room door. The time is 3.15 AM. At 10.34 AM, the door finally opens, and I'm able to leave. He gives me a half-hearted hug, a good riddance hug for me, I was taught to be polite, yet a polite young lady, so I muster enough energy to play nice while leaving. I am numb inside.
1: Something very, very wrong
4: just happened. Whatever that was, it's, it's now over. I made it. I don't like this feeling inside, and I never want to relive those hours in that room. I turn and walk down the halls of the his Hotel without feeling a thing, empty. As empty as I can be after leaving that stale room. There are mirrors in the stairwell and I glance at my face as I bounce down the stairs. Sure, the reflection shows my hair a little messy and pulled back, but there are no physical bruises or marks. I am physically sore and I feel like collapsing, but I'm still breathing and the soreness will pass. No one will ever be able to tell what I lived through. I can't think straight enough to verbalize it cohesively anyway. Empty, disgusting, no one will ever know by looking at my glazed over eyes what has just happened to me i'm still sandy i'm still alive but a piece of me is dead
1: my turn oh my goodness okay um that was wonderful thank you i'm gonna buy your book I promise, everyone should buy Sandy's book. If not today, it's available on Amazon and on Amazon. Amazon um, just buy it from me. We'll buy it from buy Sandy? It. Do not buy it on Amazon. You can and you can, but it's purchase and I ask you to like actually
4: write a review. I do have a card reader as well, so
1: cash for credit. All right, buy it on Amazon or yes. today. Yes. But if you're listening at home, buy it on Amazon.
0: Okay, and that is uh, it for this week's Spoken Words podcast, and we will have some more of these next week. Thanks for listening.